July 25th, 2004. It's the Watt from Pedro Show.
from Pedro Show. That's John Coltrane, his last tour, live in Japan, uh, July 11th, 1966. A tune called Crescent. Big tune. Uh, back in the Love Grotto Saddle. Pleasure Point here with Brother Matt. Yeah, welcome back. Both I and Brother Matt have been away from Pedro. Traveling. Brother Matt, you were in Costa Rica and Portland, Oregon? Uh, Grants Pass, Oregon. Grants Pass, yeah, I'm south, sorry. Southwest corner. It was baking up there, 100, 107 degrees for the cavemen zone. What about Costa Rica? Costa Rica was sweet. It was a little rainy, but it always is. Got to have a rainforest, rain for a rainforest. <laughs> but it was sweet, man. That place was a dream. Yeah, I got a visit there. I was in uh, First Canada Prairie with uh, Kira for some dose gigs, jazz festivals there. And then I went straight from there to Europe to do some Euro Stooges gigs. And all of them are great. Uh, the dust gigs care of kicked up much dust. Uh, Europe, Iggy, Ashton Brothers, likewise, kicking up big clouds. Watt, along for the ride with both of them. It was a uh, quiet experience for me. Played some new pads. I'd never played uh, Saskatoon before in Canada, and I'd never played... Novisad or Athens or Santiago in Europe. So some new towns. Cool. Or uh, Skelleftia in Sweden either. All the other towns I'd done before. And you get to squeeze in a little vacation too, huh? Yeah, right before uh, the dose thing, I got to do Bloomsday in Dublin. Three days there. That was intense. I bet. 100th anniversary of the day uh, James Joyce's Ulysses takes place, uh, June 16th, 1904. Also, uh, Raymond Pettibone's birthday. Cool. But uh, 1957, not 1904. <laughs> <laughs> so he was over there with you, right? No, but his art was. Oh, no, there cool. was some screw-up, and he couldn't get his stuff in, his body there. But he got his art there, and it was great. I went to the uh, Royal Hiberian Academy, and it was hanging up there. Cool. It's neat. Next to it was some piece where a guy did the whole, like an aerial view of Dublin, but he used little writings, handwritten transcriptions of part of Ulysses there. I mean, I'm talking some little-ass writing. This must have took forever. Wow. Yeah, and made it all... Uh, Wrote out so it looked like, uh, you know, shore and town and stuff. It was pretty intense. Ram stuff was great, too. One of them, he had like six uh, pieces on the wall there, and one of them had a semi-truck on it. And, uh, yeah perils of the uh, Joycean endeavor. But Raymond's a big fan of uh, the work, too. Uh, 
I'm going to interview him for a magazine called Swing Set soon, next couple days. Oh, cool. Try on the tape recorder and spiel. So what kind of mag is that? Art mag? Yeah. So that'd be a trip. Yeah, it sounds like a little kid thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Somebody passed away a few days ago. Last week, I think. Last Thursday. uh, Arthur Killer Kane, bass player for New York Dolls. I'm going to be playing. I guess now there's only two Dolls left, but they started playing a few months ago, and they're going to be at this Randall's Island thing, August 14th, New York City. I'm going to do with the Stooges. So uh, looking for, I think there's like 40 bands. Wow. One stage, like most of it is just a couple songs each, like when they mold Murray the K, uh, uh. 60s kind of tours, radio tour. Uh, looks like we're coming up to the end of the first hour of the uh, July 25th, 2004 Watt from Pedro show. One song. That was a mighty song. <laughs> yeah. Well worth it, though. Yeah. So um, please hold tight for hour two. July 25th, 2004. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
What from Pedro's show? Oh, <laughs> Got to have the mic up there. Oh, that one. Uh, that was uh, El Hombre Tallado, Scottish <laughs> band, with a song called Dose. Um, all this stuff is CDs I just got on my little trip. Uh, before that, we had from uh, Winnipeg, Canada, the Breath Grenades, a two bass band, but with a drummer, with a tune called uh, Turn That Fucking Shit Down. Before that, we had a French band called Fager, P H A G R, with Czech Fluff Filter. And we started. Well, yeah, really, <laughs> I'm no expert in French pronunciation, so I stand corrected. And we started off the second hour of the Watford Beaver Show with Come Back, Billy Pilgrim, Madrugada, a band we played with in Athens, Greece, but I don't know where they're from, really. Maybe they. Uh, live in Athens, but there was uh, members from Norway I met, and uh, the guy, the manager, was a Canadian cat, so... Maybe International Olympic Fever band. Yeah, it's the way the world's going anyway. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, well, you can read about the tour diaries I put up there. On the Hoot page, H O T H O O T P A G E dot com. Hoot page, and I've got diaries talking about the tour. But uh, great gigs. All the cats who came out to see Dose and the Stooges, thank you very much. Uh, people thought, uh, showed a lot of appreciation and were uh, very enthusiastic. For me, it was a mind blow. I dug it much. Feel very fortunate. Actually, Saturday, last week, I was supposed to start another tour, but it got scissored, the Lollapalooza tour, which was... Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, kind of sad. I looked forward to that, and it turns out it probably would have been the last tour I did with uh, Jerry Trevitich, because he's not going to be able to tour coming up in the fall here. So we're taking another, me and Peter going with another Pedro guy, a young man named Rawl. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times yeah, here. Yeah, that's cool. He's 20 years younger than me, but he's got fire in the belly, and he's very enthusiastic. So it's kind of like passing the baton. He's part of that part, porch core thing over on 4th Street here in Pedro. Yeah, that's cool. A little cool. collective. People living together, uh, doing music and arts together. And how'd I heard about bands playing there like a gig in the living room? Yeah, bands on tour take pit stops there. Yeah. Recharge the batteries in front of the uh, Pedro folks. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. When I was gone, uh, the LA Weekly gave me an award, a Lifetime Achievement Award, which I hope I still have a lot more life yet. <laughs> More to achieve, that's for sure. But it was kind of neat to have my ma go up there, <clears throat> I guess, you know, like Little League. <laughs> so, and uh, I can imagine what it was like. I wish I would have been there to see it. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, I wrote her a little spiel to read. It was only three sentences. 
said it was kind of, at first, my sister, Melinda took her up there. And Melinda wanted to go up there. And so they had kind of a little fight, wanted to go up on stage. And my mom said, Melinda, it's for, for Michael or something. But I want everyone to know that I support my sister Melinda a lot. She's helped me through a lot. In fact, she's in the new opera. Oh, it comes out August 24th. So one day short of a month, it'll be out. Columbia Reading Records, the second man's middle stand, recorded here in Pedro. So what's your sister's part on the record? Yeah, I have her in the Piss Bag and Tubin song, because she helped me a lot heal up. She uh, would unpack and pack my wounds twice a day. She's a very uh, big part of the story of my healing. I thank her much. I just saw her and my mom this morning. I ate breakfast with them on Sunday morning. Cool. Got to rap with him a little bit. So Melinda's reading about Arthur legends and stuff. Uh, so uh, that was interesting to it's talk round about. Round table. Round table. She can get into that part much. She got more into the uh, maybe roots of the legend, the Picts. You know, the folks that were there before the Celts. And I've read up a lot on uh, Grail. Arcana and Esoterica. Oh, by the way, in Torino, Italy, I found a great bookstore that had all kinds of stuff, but <clears throat> unfortunately, I cannot read Italian, so I did find a book in English, though, on the Templars. It was called, uh, this bookstore was called Othumo, uh, you know, Templari. It was trippy, you know, I was just walking down the streets and stuff, and I saw it there, and all these trippy books in the window, and it looked all closed, but what the fuck, there was a doorbell, so I rang it. I kept looking around after ten minutes. This lady came down this spiral staircase and brought me in, and man, they had a ton of great books. But like I said, a lot of Italian, and then the stuff that wasn't Italian was French. So there's only a couple of English things, but uh, I should learn that stuff. It's funny how all the Europe cats can speak English and stuff. I guess because of school and maybe the movies and rock and roll, but I feel like a little child not knowing. And so what do you call someone who speaks uh, three languages? Tri Trilingual. Right? Two languages. Bilingual. One language. Americans. U.S. <laughs> yeah. I kind of got that same thing when I was down in Costa Rica. My Spanish can get me some more beers and find a bathroom <laughs> and stuff like that. But it was pretty pretty shaky. Yeah. But it's, English has become the lingua franca. franca so about everyone's speaking, coddling us. In some ways, though, I can see a real big advantage like, if a Dutch guy and a German guy want to speak, there's no, like, power politics, like, which language are you going to go to? They can go to English, and it's like a neutral thing. Mm. So, there's some good things about it. <laughs> but we should be more educated. I mean, we could still, still speak English, but we need to yeah. do their thing, too. Yeah. Iggy was really good. He, he could speak some uh, Spanish... In Santiago, and he did some Italian too in uh, Italy. 
Um, that would have been great to do uh, Serb or Greek. Yeah. It's trippy. Well, in Serbia, they still had some uh, Latin alphabet stuff because Serbo-Croatian. But like Greek, you can tell where the aphorism, you know, it's all Greek to me comes uh, from because... Uh, yeah, it's a whole different deal. It's not just knowing the words. You don't even know how to say them, <laughs> you know, because it's another alphabet. It was, uh, but it's still very exciting. Uh, to go visit things like that and get out of your own land. Yeah, walking some ancient tracks. Really ancient. I went over the Acropolis, got like 250 pictures, hoofed around for hours. It was incredible to see the old works. Really uh, profound effect on me. Nice, calm Sunday. Yeah, beautiful afternoon day, here in Pedro. <laughs> the sirens. Uh, Wonder what that's for. Cliff jump. Out of towner, fell off the cliff. Again, <laughs> probably. Oh man. It's Hope everybody's deal. okay. <laughs> but it's good to get back to Pedro, man. When I pedaled my bike, I didn't pedal for a month. I didn't drive a coche, you know. I didn't paddle a kayak. So all those experiences again on me were intense. I got to drive up to Hollywood with Raymond and see the Sonics. The day I came back, they played. They played all these. There's uh, some Sonic. That's a fucking asshole and a dick extender. Well, it's pretty high endy. Doesn't sound like the regular Harley thing. And they play a lot of songs from their Sonic Nurse record, which is really neat. Uh. Yeah, a lot of new tunes I didn't recognize. Trippy band before on Wolf Eyes, Ann Arbor band. Didn't sound too much like the Stooges. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's that uh, time of the second hour. Well, it's a little past, but we'll have you go out, Brother Matt. Cool. <clears throat> Finish up the hour with the... Return to one of my favorite segments a lot from Pedro Show, Brother Matt's Spin Cycle. Ooh, thank you.
Thank you very much, Brother Matt. Thank you very, 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 very much. Return to spin cycle. Spinning. Spinning it up. Uh, we've been joined here in the Love Grotto, Mr. Steve Evans. Yeah, welcome. His boy. Nick. Nick. Say hi. Howdy, guys. Okay. Hi, uh, Brother Matt. Return to the spin cycle. Thank you. See, we haven't done a show in May. more than a month. Since May. May yeah. 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 In fact, yeah, I was supposed to be gone now, but that tour got scissored. Well, yeah. But I got another one coming in September. What happened then? Yanked. Yeah, Palooza. It's the sad for Pear. He did all that work. And I still hear it's a nightmare at lawsuits. Uh, I think last I got an email, you from, you were headed for uh, Ireland. Oh, yeah, I went in Bloomsday. We'll talk more about it. we got to close out the second hour here, July 25, 2004. Stay tight for hour three. Coming right up. July 25, 2004. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. We got a new adventure with Jack Flanders. Here's part one. Part one of four parts. It's a shorty. Dreams of the Blue Morpho. Hello? What are you doing up there? Mojo? I called Inverness and they said you were in the city. Yeah, well, sometimes I... Where are you? Manuel Antonio. Who? Do you know Quapos? No, I don't know Quapos. Well, it's up the road from there. What is? Manuel Antonio. Who's this Manuel Antonio? It's a sort of a town. Ah, in Spain? No. What's that I'm hearing? Marimbas? That's right. Well, well, obviously then you're in Mexico. No. Okay, who, what is Manuel Antonio? Playa Manuel Antonio. Ah, Playa. It's a beach. Ah, that's right. Uh Aha, the Caribbean, right? No, the Pacific. You're not in Guatemala. No. Nicaragua. That's north. Well, wherever you are. What the hell are you doing there? I'm playing piano at Senor Frog's. (laughs) Senor Frog. (laughs) It's a bar. Uh, Is your piano shaped like a lily pad? (laughs) No, that's the tables. What? The tables. They're shaped like lily pads. Oh, come on. Now I know you're kidding. No. Senor Frogs is a local hangout down here. (laughs) Senor Frogs. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, we got some fine frogs down here. Oh, you mean like the poisonous kind that the locals use for their arrows? That's right. You're not serious. Oh, yeah. The natives call them poison arrow frogs. Oh, that's clever. (laughs) We've even got some poisonous butterflies down here. What? Yeah. There's a couple species that put out cyanide. Oh, come on. But they won't hurt you, as long as you don't eat them. Don't eat the butterflies. Mojo, where are you? Venus? We got some fine snakes, too. Like what? The Ferdelands? That one. And coral snakes. Oh, great. There's so many iguanas down here. When you wake up in the morning, you gotta shake them out of your clothes. Oh, that sounds exciting. Oh, yeah. Especially if you find one inside your pant leg. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and there's leatherbacks down here, too. Leatherbacks? Turtles. Uh, what kind of turtles have leatherbacks? You know, the giant sea turtles. They grow about six feet long, and they average about 1,000 pounds. Seriously? Yeah, there was one they weighed over 2,000 pounds. Yeah? Well, how'd they get it to crawl up on a scale? 
They probably lured it with a jellyfish. Ah, they like jellyfish. About the only thing that does. <laughs> we also have armadillos, toucans, jaguars, monkeys, macaws, three-fingered slouse, and my favorite, the black-striped hawk-nosed skunk. Ah, that's your favorite, huh? And the most amazing thing of all about this country? Yeah? Jack, you won't believe this. Probably not. You can drink the water. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere in the country. Mojo, I won't even drink the water in this country. Uh, I almost forgot. We've got one of the most beautiful butterflies in the world. You know what I mean? Uh, no, Mojo. The blue morpho. The blue morpho? Neon blue, with iridescent wings that flash like mirrors in the sun. I know where he is. I've seen some that are as big as your face. Mojo, you're in Costa Rica. Hey. And you're calling me from Senor Frog's Lilypad Lounge. It's not exactly a lounge, it's just a bar on the edge of a white sandy beach in Manuel Antonio. Ah, sounds nice, Mojo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, why the phone call? To rub it in? Rub what in? The sea salt. I'm up here in the freezing cold, and and you're down there in the sweltering tropics. Did you know flying from New York City to San Jose, Costa Rica, it's only five hours? Mojo, what are you doing? Tempting me? That's right. Oh, well, keep going. You see, I've got a problem. Mojo, you? No. Well, it's not really me. It's a friend. I told her you could help her. Help her with what? Uh, Get rid of something. Something that's uh, following her. Not a person, but a a something. Uh, That's right. Something uh, dark? No, it's a light. Something light? No, it's a light. A light is following your friend? That's right. This is a twist. I'll bet. I'm the one that's always calling you for help. So now it's it's uh, payback time, huh? <laughs> no, I wouldn't put it like that. Has anyone other than your friend seen this light? I saw it. Well, what did it look like? Like a light. How many watts? Right. She's not being stalked by a light bulb. Well, what is it? I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. It's a bad light. It's freaking her out, yeah. Oh. Mojo, don't they have shamans or witch doctors down there? They don't know how to get rid of this. So what's your friend's name? Amy. Amy Nelson. So she's actually running from the light. That's right. And uh, where is she running? Toward the dark? Looks that way. You mean it's actually driving her toward the dark? It's driving her crazy. How long has this been going on? Ever since she can remember. You mean she's lived with this light all her life? She said it wasn't a problem until her first boyfriend. When was that? In high school. And? And then the light would show up whenever she got involved with someone. Did her boyfriend see it? I don't think so. I guess they felt it. They felt the light? Yeah. What did it feel like? I suppose it felt like a threat. And you said you actually saw it? Yeah, but I didn't feel anything. It was just there. For how long? Oh, maybe about a minute. 
It was checking you out. Maybe. How did you meet Amy? She and some of her friends would come by Senior Frogs and One night, when the bar was pretty empty, she came in alone. Hmm. We started talking, and I saw, saw this light behind her, off in the trees. And she knew I was watching it. And then she just, just broke down. She started crying. Yeah, but not like she was hysterical. Just beaten, worn down. And then she told you the story of Amy and the light. She told me some. More came out later. Mojo, are you involved with her? Oh, come on. (laughs) No. I figured maybe I could help. She's been trying to get away from it for the last couple of years. Now, wait a minute. You said she's been seeing this, this light all her life. All I know is she says in the last two years, it's been getting worse. When she was living in Italy, it got so bad she was seeing it everywhere. She left and came back to Costa Rica. But it followed her. She said it took about two months before it showed up again. So there's, uh, there's no escape. That's right. And now it's getting more intense, and she's scared. You mean like, what, more aggressive, brighter, what? All of those. Well, how close does it get? You mean to her? Yeah. Like right over her shoulder. And you saw that? No. The first time I saw it, it was in the trees, across the road. Mojo, are you sure it wasn't someone with a flashlight? <laughs> no. The other time I saw it, it was through a window. It was outside, about 30 feet away. Hmm, that's pretty close. <laughs> that's close enough. Mojo, do you think it's trying to uh, possess her? After all these years, I don't think so. But if we know what it is, then we'll know why it's hanging around her and why it's getting worse. So, um, when do I meet Amy? She's staying in a hotel up the road. She feels protected there. Why? Do they have armed guards? Oh, yeah. Seriously? They have their own security force. But I thought Costa Rica was a safe country. Well, important people stay in that hotel. You know, political bigwigs, diplomats, executives, rich people. And people who like to pretend that they're rich. (laughs) (laughs) They even got a helicopter pad. Really? Here? In Manuel Antonio? Yeah, this is is a pretty funky place, isn't it? No, this town is Cuepos. Manuel Antonio is up and over the hill. Okay, well, whatever. Before they built that hotel, there was a forest up there. So they dynamited the hilltop. They blew the top right off, trees and all. But I thought Costa Rica was was known for its ecotourism, the, the way they protect their national parks. They, yeah, they don't yeah, encourage... yeah. Well, political pocketing, you know, bribery, taking a bite, what the locals call chorizo. Like the sausage? Yeah. In fact, a couple of years ago, someone came out with a board game called chorizo. <laughs> the winner is the one who buys the most officials cheats in elections, and schemes how to grab the most money. Sounds just like home. So, uh, what's the name of Amy's hotel? El Pompadour. (laughs) Did they blow off the top of the mountain to build a hotel that looks like a hairdo? (laughs) No, that's just it. The top of the hill already looked like a pompadour. That was before they blew it away. Ah. Now, it's a flat top. What did they build on it? Looks like a Spanish fortress. So, I guess Amy feels safe there. Yeah, so far. Hmm. Let's get something to eat. I'm starved. 
Capos is a lively little Costa Rican town on the Pacific coast that's frequented by tourists and ticos. It is a pretty funky town. Capos finally put up street signs only two years ago. And since the locals never knew the names of the streets, the workers didn't know which way to point the signs. So if one day you find yourself driving around Capos, good luck. Well, Mojo, how do you like it here in Costa Rica? I like it. The people are nice, warm, and friendly. Did you know this country doesn't have a standing army? Really? What do they have, a, a sitting army? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Costa Rica doesn't have an army or a navy or an air force. No military, huh? That's pretty rare for a Central American country. It has the highest literacy rate in Latin America. Ah. Almost 30% of the national budget goes toward education. That's really impressive. Yeah. When you drive through the countryside, you'll see all those little one-room country schools. Every village has at least one. And ecotourism, that's big here, too. You know, when I hear of ecotourism, I think of birders wearing binoculars, you know? Birders are nice people. Quiet, too. Well, that's saying something, especially for American tourists. <laughs> Speaking of quiet, boy, is it ever loud in here. I think someone's having a birthday. Well, as I started to say, here's to the bird watchers. <laughs> to birders. May they forever flock and flourish. And here's to the monkey ears. Monkey ears? No, monkey ears. People who watch monkeys. Is that a big attraction here? It brings in the tourist dollars. It's what they call monkey business. <laughs> oh, God, Mojo, I stepped into that one, didn't I? There was one tourist I heard about. He was looking up in a tree, and some monkey dropped a papaya on his head. Ouch. <laughs> Gave him a big black eye. Really? Yeah. That's what they call a monkey shiner. Oh, Mojo, we <laughs> You know, as we get older, there's one thing that never seems to change. What's that? We haven't gotten any less corny, have we? <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> wow. I see what you mean, Mojo. This Hotel El Pompadour is certainly built to impress. Oh, look at this suit of armor. You think anyone's inside here? <laughs> I'll ask. Hello? Anyone in there? Maybe he stepped out for a smoke. Yeah. You know, I guess this is an authentic suit. It must date back to the Middle Ages. Man, look at all this ancient weaponry. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Don Quixote galloping up the hallway. <laughs> but without Sancho Panza, he'd be out in the stable. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is, where are they holding the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> I don't think you want to find out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at all these antiques. Wrought iron chandeliers, tapestries, Persian rugs. This place is loaded. Dutch paintings, Flemish paintings. Man, this is real 17th century stuff. These wooden doors, they, they must weigh about half a ton each. They say these doors came from some old castle in Spain. Yeah. You know, I feel sorry for the people still living back in that castle. Must be getting pretty breezy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is it. Sixteen. Ah. Hi, Mojo. Amy, this is my friend, 
Jack Flanders. Hi. Nice to meet you. Come on in. Come out on the terrace. She's、uh, quite attractive. I figured you might notice that. So, Amy, when did you first start seeing this light? Oh boy, I must have been four or five years old. Mm-hmm. How often did you see it? I don't know. A few times. It wasn't until I was in my teens that it became more obvious. Obvious? Yes. At first, it was faint, hardly there, like a smudge or something. Mm-hmm. But over time, it became sharper and brighter. Were you frightened by it? It was never a problem. Not until my first boyfriend. What happened? It scared him. He thought I was weird.、Uh. The word got around. Mm-hmm. And when it happened again in my junior year, I got a reputation as being a screwed-up chick. Well, Mojo said that when your father died, things took a turn for the worse. I don't know if my father knew about the light. He may have been protecting me. I didn't realize that until after he was gone. How old were you when he died? I was in my twenties. Mojo said that you went to see a psychic. Oh God, I've seen psychics, shamans, shrinks—you name it. What did the psychiatrist say? Oh, you know, it's all in my head. I mean, hardly anyone but me has ever seen it. But others have felt its presence. Yeah, and try telling that to a shrink. Well, when someone did feel it, what did they experience? Well, if it were a boyfriend, they'd begin to feel that weird things were happening around me, and then they think I'm the one that's weird. But Mojo saw it. I was amazed. But, well, he's special. Oh yes. That's right. <laughs> I could tell you some stories about Mojo.、Uh, no, no, you don't need to do that. Mojo told me stories about you, the things you did in Morocco and Bali, and that's why I'm hoping you can help me. Well, there's something we might try.、Oh, I'll try anything. I think we should get involved. What do you mean? What will happen if you and I appear to to be involved? You mean pretend that we're having a relationship? That's right. What do you think, Mojo? It's got possibilities. But even if the light does appear, will Jack be able to see it? We'll find out. And then what will you do? I don't know what yet. Amy, did this light apparition ever attack anyone? You mean a boyfriend? No. Well. There was someone, Manny. He could actually see it. And he was the one who took me to see a shaman. I don't know what the shaman said to him afterward, but I think it was something like, "That woman is cursed." And he left you. I left him. Why? Because I couldn't take it anymore. The light was becoming more insistent. You mean you felt your relationship with Manny didn't have a chance? No, no, it wasn't that. I just. Oh, I am tired of this. There are times I just want to leave. You mean end it all? Yeah. Except when I die, I know it will be there, waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Let me say something about Manuel Antonio. Southeast of Capos, there's a road that runs along a ridge overlooking the ocean. It's still thickly forested, 
with hotels and restaurants scattered along the way, some with great views of the ocean below. Oh, Mojo, is, is there a place we can just sit down and have a cup of that good old-fashioned Costa Rican coffee? Oh, yeah, just up ahead. That's my favorite spot here, Cafe Milagro. Good cappuccino? Great cappuccinos. Killer coffee? Hair-raising. Lead the way, Mojo. <laughs> Aquí está su café con leche. Oh, thank you. Mm. You're right. This is killer coffee. Uh, speaking of killers, uh, you know, this time of year, the crabs sometimes come crawling up from the beach. Where? Uh, they come crawling right up here into the cafe. Oh, come on, Mojo. The beach is way the heck down there. Look. Those crabs can climb stone walls. Really, Mojo? I'm serious about this. Okay, so what do the crabs come up here for? Well, a little mocha latte? <laughs> no, no one knows why. Anyone ever ask them? <laughs> well, you can. Next time you feel one crawling up your back. Mojo, why are we talking about this? Well, I thought I should mention it, because there's one on the stone wall right behind you. You're kidding. Oh, my God, you're not. Ooh, it's a big one, too. Oh, yeah. They don't climb up table legs, I hope. No, just pet legs. Crabs don't make very good pets, do they? <laughs> Not if you walk around barefoot. <laughs> uh, I wonder what they're looking for. Probably big toes. <laughs> Are these killer crabs a, a problem around here? Only when they come crawling in sideways under your door or up the wall or through your window at night. Well... At least you don't have to go far to find fresh crabs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just sit still long enough, and the crabs will come to you, real fresh. <laughs> Later that evening, while Mojo is playing piano in Senor Frogs, Jack goes for a stroll along the beach. I swear, this country has me running on half speed. One day lasts as long as two back in the U.S. The pace here doesn't seem to be that much slower, though. I wonder what it is about this place. Well, for one thing, there's no one chasing me down the beach trying to sell me a T-shirt like in Mexico. Or, or like what happened in Bali when all those damn businessmen came over from Java. In Ubud, they, they constructed shops out of poured concrete where the rice fields used to be. Oh, well. Bali is still beautiful. But it's just changing so rapidly. And I guess I'm just not very fond of change. I want Costa Rica to stay just, just as it is. I remember back in Tangier, one night when I was having dinner with Paul and Jane Bowles, the American expatriate writers, in case you didn't know. Jane said to me, Jack, you don't belong in the present. You should have been living in the 1920s and 1930s. I guess I missed my time. <laughs> Born too late. Hmm. 
I wonder how Miss Amy is doing in her snug little citadel above the sea. I bet that's it, right up there. The Hotel El Pompadour, all lit up. Let's see. Amy is on the... on the top floor, and her suite is... is overlooking the beach right down here, so her balcony must be... Wait a minute. Is that her standing out there? What is she doing? She's waving her arms around. She's, she's, she's doing something strange. If I'm not mistaken, Mojo has a pair of binoculars. side of the citadel over one, two, three balconies there she is what is she doing? she's shouting at someone? you're not going to make me do it I'm not going to die for you so just go away she's backing up to the railing She's, she's screaming at something I said go away Hear me? Amy, Amy, you're you're pressed against the railing. Now now watch yourself. Leave me alone. Mojo, what's wrong? Can I use your cell phone? Sure. What's going on? Do you know the number of the El Pompadour? Yeah. 777-1717. What's Amy's room number? 16. Yes, uh, give me sweet 16. Sweet 16. It's funny. <laughs> Are you going to tell me what's happening? Amy is going nuts. How do you know that? These, your binoculars. She she was... Is this Amy? It's me, Jack. Yes, I, I know. How do I know? I, I... Look, I'll, I'll tell you later, okay? Listen... Do you want to get out of that place? Well, I... Hang on. Mojo, can we put her up at your place? No problem. You can sleep on the floor. Thanks. Amy, you can stay with us. No, 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 no. It's no problem, really. Yeah, I'll pick you up in a few minutes. You have a car. Great. Okay, meet us, meet us at Senor Frog's. Fine. So? She's coming here.
Scott from Pedro Show. That's Banyan. Yeah. Steve Perkins on the drums. His project where me Nels and Willie Wallman help him out and realize his drum thing. Album going to be out October 15th, I think. Oh, that was a song. Actually, it's a cover of a last poet song called uh, Well, My People. I think I wrote half the songs on this new record. And <laughs> they didn't use five or six. I mean, I wrote like 10 or 11. We recorded them, but they used six of mine, so... Nels wrote one, Willie wrote one, Burke wrote a couple. Uh, before that, we had a live version of Maggot Brain, which is uh, the original Funkadelic band. This is from uh, 1971, right uh, around when the album came out, uh, Maggot Brain. Yeah, September And yeah, September 12, 1971, uh, Rochester, New York, home of Xerox and uh, Kodak, I believe. Played there a few times. One time I got to play with Sonny Chirac there. He's a great guitarist. He's on Bitches Brew. Told me some neat stories about Miles. Who else? Oh, yeah. Bing, 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 bong. Who's that? Eco Mouse. It was the night of the riots before, and we were all going to play at Buffalo State. And uh, Somebody pulled a fire alarm, and they thought there was going to be a riot in Buffalo. So... Well, yeah, it was in Buffalo. It was in Rochester. That's because the same, uh, I think they had the same name, the discos. Because what happened was I told the kid, look, you're going to pay me. we got to do a gig, okay? I'm not just going to take a check and not play. So he found some disco and we played there. I think it was called Icons or something. In fact, there was one in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Icons. It seems that gay clubs like the name Icon. <laughs> I think that's the name of Madonna's fanzine in the old days. Uh, anyway, that was Maggot Brain Live. Much respect, Nettie Hazel. Rest in peace. And we start off part one of the new uh, Jack, yeah, Jack Flanders Adventures. Dreams of the Blue Mofo. <laughs> Mofo. Morpho. <laughs> M-O-R-P-H-O. Sorry. Lo siento. Uh, what are we rapping about? Pedro Bands. Yeah, we need to get more of Matt Furman, right? Yeah, yeah, we could. Get to, I guess it's better to hear motorcycles and horns honking than the, the cover band Journey tunes. Right, you know, and the same old thing. All we got to do is corral them in their little pen, you know, keep them on Fourth Street or something, and, and you know, oh, it'll go away. And then years later, they'll say, oh, but we were very proud of them. You know, yeah. it's so funny about that. But any farmer will tell you if you want a good crop. Use a lot of manure, so come on, Pedro. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yeah, what were you cool saying? One of the cats there. with connects, he was what, working down there? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, Parks. The city worker dude. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah, like the cool uh, article, interview, uh, the punk profit thing. What was that in? Punk profits. Oh, alternate. Uh, alternate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool interview. Yeah, well, the record's coming out, so I'm spieling a lot. Uh -huh. That guy was interesting. Some people give you the same-o, same-o, and other cats, you know. You know, like meeting somebody in a bar, right? Mm -hmm. I guess if you're down at Harold's, hey, nice tooth. <laughs> 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 Which the first time is pretty original, probably, but, you know, over and over. And... Anyway, Nels Klein has a new album out. Mr. Evans here wanted to hear, so do I, because he just gave it to me uh, 
at the Sonic gig. Right? Uh, me and Raymond saw him there. And it's called The Giant Pan. And I believe he was telling me it's a piece that goes all together. But anyway, it's with his Nels Klein singer, singer's band. And um, here's a tune called He Still Carries a Torch for Her on the uh, Lot from Pedro show.
from Pedro Show. Uh, that was Iggy Pop with that trippy uh, zombie birdhouse thing he did with Chris Stein, Clem Burke. Um, the Ballad of Cookie McBride. Carlton just put this out on his uh, alchemy thing. Um, it's neat stuff. And before that, a uh, new track from Nels Klein's Giant Pin album with the Nels Klein singers. Uh, he still carries a torch for her. And it looks like we're coming up the end. Another Watt for Peter Show, July 25th, 2004. Keep your powder dry.